Whether you're taking a rip down the lease road in your jacked-up truck or flying first class to Houston, Texas, it's time to sit back and relax for another exciting episode of Oil & Gas Onshore. This episode is brought to you by Tendeka, a global specialist in advanced completions and production solutions for the oil and gas industry. And now, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome your host, Justin Gauthier. Welcome to this week's episode. We're here in the office, actually, of the man, the myth, and, and the legend, Mr. Alan Renfro, business development manager at SDS Petroleum Consultants. And I was actually, I had a nice surprise coming in here. He had some other folks that wanted to jump on the podcast. So why don't we go around that way when people hear your voices, they yeah. know who you are. So starting with you, sir, what's your name? Ward Jofro. Okay. And you're with SDS, obviously, as well? Correct. Corporate business development. Nice. Okay. What about yourself? Jeremy Martin, VP of Engineering for SDS. Okay, good deal. And we got another gentleman here. I didn't have enough microphones. I didn't realize I was going to have a a panel here, but why don't you go ahead and just mention your name? I'm Kerry Johnson. Nice. Kerry Johnson. All right. Well, we got a team of coonasses here, so this might get interesting. (laughs) You never know what direction this is going to go, but... So Renfro, we kind of talked about this, but we go back a ways. Uh, a good mutual friend of ours, Nick Lattermeyer, introduced the two of us. And then, you know, through through multiple drinks at the Oak Tree National in Edmond, Oklahoma, yes. is, is kind of where we got to yes. cut our teeth a little bit more and get to know each other. A nice young lady figured out that you might actually be my dad. Yes. So for the listeners who don't don't really know, why don't you briefly explain how this came about? Because it's a pretty funny story. Yeah. So we, we got invited up to the golf tournament there in Oklahoma a few years back. And Justin and I were sitting out visiting on a on a table, enjoying the day. And they had a bunch of beautiful girls out there serving drinks and food. And the next thing I know, one of them came up to the table and said, man, it, it's so nice that you and your son can be spending time together. (laughs) Quality time. Quality time. And when they walked away, I said, what the hell? I said, do I look that damn old? They said, yeah, you do. (laughs) Yeah. So so anyway, since then, yeah, I consider Justin my son. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it would be an honor. So I appreciate having an old field dad like yourself. Thank you for uh, having us. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I always enjoy our conversations and, and Interestingly enough, something you told me back at Oak Tree National that I, that stuck with me, it said to be in business and be successful, you must first identify and define who you are as a businessman. And then that stuck with me. And I wrote that down, actually, after you told me. So, you know, you've helped me not only just in my career, but just your mentorship and some of the things that you've mentioned along the way. I really appreciate. So uh, I value our relationship. Yes. So I thought it'd be a great opportunity to come in and and have you guys explain who SDS is. I know there's been a you were at part partners in drilling. Yes. You guys went through an acquisition or or I'm not sure exactly the details there, but now it's SDS Petroleum. So, so why don't you go ahead and kind of explain who SDS Petroleum is or Petroleum Consultants is, and then we can kind of go from there and yeah, just chat a little bit more about it. No, no, good to see you. Thanks for having us. So I guess about 20 years ago, I, I spent my first 15, 18 years on the directional drilling side of the business. And in the mid 90s, I went to Tyler, Texas to open up an office for a little company called Sperry Sun Drilling Services. And at that time, I met Jeremy Martin. I met Scott Stovall, the owner of SDS. Well, at the time, Scott was running a rig company called Martex Drilling. Well, I was still running directional stuff. But again, we all had some camaraderie. We had common ground. So we would do industry events together, the Arklatex tournament. We'd do all this stuff together. Well... I guess in the early 2000s, I came back to Houston 
and came back to the Gulf of Mexico for Sperry Sun Drilling Services. And Scott Nim, of course, opened up a company called SDS Petroleum Consultants in 1999. A lot of people knew Scott, wanted him to be in the consulting business. So he said, yeah, he went into the consulting business. So he's been in business now 20 years. And yeah, that's how I first got to know those guys. Interesting. So you started off on the MWD side. What was life for Renfro before getting into the oil field? That's what I want to know. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. yeah, Very interesting. (laughs) So yeah, I went to, yeah, I graduated from USL. It was called USL back in those days. And now it's UL or whatever they're calling it these days. But yeah, so I graduated and I went to work for a little company called Sperry Sun running MWD. And I spent most of my career in the Gulf of Mexico. And then of course, Broke out on Texas land and drilling, whether it's West Texas, East Texas, North Louisiana. And I guess I did that for almost a decade. And then I came out of the field and went to, had an opportunity to go to Tyler, Texas to open up a directional MWD office. So I had a a tri-state territory called the Arklatex. So I spent most of my time up in the Arklatex for about five years there. And again, that's when I got to know the SDS family as of now. So, okay. Yeah. So, but going back to your, this, going back to college, you didn't, did you know going to college that you want to get into the oil field? Yeah. So, you know, look, that's, that's an interest now that, you know, I'm older and, and now I, I think I know my path. It's interesting. And that's a good question. So no, listen, when I went to back in those days, Justin, <laughs> growing up, when I graduated high school, my parents asked me at that time, what do you want to do? As we all know today, our kids are driven hard today in fifth grade, sixth grade, knowing even younger, what do we want to do? And we're asking them all the time, what do, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? Sports, education wise. Back in those days, you just said, yeah, I guess I'll go to college. Right. So I went to school, yeah. right? In the summers, I'd work for Gray Wolf Drilling Company and like seven, eight bucks an hour, you know, working on blowout preventers, choke manifolds you know, making seven, eight bucks an hour, getting to know the business. But no, I didn't know what I wanted to do. So when I graduated, I thought I would go into maybe, you know, pharmaceutical sales, go to work for some of the big pharmaceutical companies. Well, at that time, the Clintons were coming into the administration and their healthcare policy, as we know today, they were trying to do back in the 90s what Barack Obama did in the last 10 years. So the industry changed. They shut things down. I had a friend of mine, Tracy Abair from Brobridge. I was running across him, kind of like your story on your early podcast. I was like, hey, man, what's going on? I was still bartending and yep. waiting tables and looking for an opportunity with a college degree, right? Mm-hmm. And he said, man, I'm running these MWDs for Baker. I said, MWD? The hell is that? Yeah. <laughs> and he explained it. He showed me his paycheck. I said, yeah, I want some of that. Right, yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of like your story about, you know, visiting. I said, yeah, I'd like some of that. So yeah. I, I, he said, hey, go to Houston. I went to Baker Hughes' office. Well, this was in the early 90s. No one was hiring. The The economy was in the shitter. And it was just bad. But I said, well, hell, there's a little company called Sperry Sun. And I know Perry Thibodeau. I grew up with him. That I, I said, let me go see what they're doing. Anyway, I went to Sperry Sun Drilling Services there in Lafayette. I went sit down with Perry, caught up on old times. And I said, man, look, I have a marketing degree. I don't have an engineering degree. Mm-hmm. I said, but I think I can do what these guys do. He says, matter of fact, we're hiring outside of the concentrated area of engineering, petroleum, mechanical, electrical. He said, if you can do what they do for six months, you can do the software and you can run the tools. He said, we'll hire you full time, man. <laughs> and a decade later. 
I spent 10 years with Sperry Sun, you know, running tools and of course getting into business development. Later on, we resigned our position there at Sperry Sun and went to run a little company called Pathfinder Energy Services. Of course, we helped build that company up, Pathfinder Energy Services. Then we did that from 2002 to about 2008, right before the downturn. And Schlumberger came in and, well, let me back up. We were bought by Smith. So this happened within a year. Smith came in and bought WH Energy Services, which owned Pathfinder, Grinding and Sizing, Thomas Tools, and quite a few other little companies. So they packaged them up, sold them to Smith. Less than a year later, the industry was crashing. That's when Schlumberger came in and bought Smith. Okay. Okay. And of course, the downturn came. 2009, there was no business. So about that time, that's when we decided a customer of mine, Ralph Doty, ran a company called AGR Turnkey. At the time, they had sold their company and he was looking to go out on his own anyway. So we went, started a little company called Partners in Drilling, Project Management, Turnkey, Well Site Supervision. Then, of course, the industry changed again. We had some directional companies ask us, hey, why don't you run all your directional people through us? We were like, well, that's not our space, but let's look into it. So I'd say this is about 2012. Yeah. So, okay, yeah. So I said, well, that's when we started running directional drillers and MWD through the firm. So that's what Partners in Drilling was doing at the time, project management, well site supervision, and and basically personnel services and, and helping with payroll and keeping that off of their, you know, their list there for these types of companies. Anyway- the industry, again, took another downturn in 2014, 2015. And so we struggled. We struggled through that downturn, 2015, 2016. We still kept a few projects going, pay the bills and get things going. And at that time, I guess in 2018, the industry started to change a little bit. Yeah. Ralph decided that he would take the company in a different direction in January of 2018 he, he, you know, he decided the best thing for the company was to just stick with just a few project management jobs. And at that time, I felt that, yeah, that's good. And he can stay and do that. Ralph is a little older. You know, he's made a bunch of money and he can do that, which is I'm happy for him. Right. But for me, I was still young and I needed to pursue something different. Mm-hmm. Of course, I got to visiting with Jeremy and a few other guys at SDS. I went up to Tyler, Texas, told him what we're doing in Houston. And what the market's doing, of course, at that point, SDS is their corporate offices in Tyler, Texas. They got offices in Oklahoma, Denver, and Midland, but they had no presence in Houston. Hmm. At that point, we started to visit. We cut a deal. He said, we'd like a presence in Houston. I went visit with Jeremy, visit with Scott, cut a deal with those guys, opened an office here June of 2018. SDS is now has a shingle here in Houston. And since then, we've hired quite a few guys. And, you know, and again, with this podcast, that's what we're trying to do is, of course, get enough exposure for SDS because SDS has been around since 1999 and they've got a great group of guys. But we always need more exposure because as many people as we do know, the industry is still changing, right? People Mm -hmm. are moving, people are retiring. And Jeremy brought this up to me. About a month ago when we were visiting like this yep. in an office, we said, he said, Alan, you need to get down there and call on so-and-so. I said, Jeremy, listen, I know those guys, but blah, blah, blah. He said, Alan, listen to me. People are changing. People are moving around. This industry's constantly changing. And even as long as I've been doing this, no one had really talked to me like that in a while. So I had to go home and think about that, Justin. Yeah. Right? 
had to really go on. And Jeremy, you know, you and I have really not talked about this until mm-hmm. today. So I appreciate that because, again, in business development, even me, I want to say I'm good at what I do, but sometimes I get off track and need to be put back on track. Oh, and that's yeah. what SDS brings is a team of people to help put us back on track, meaning, okay, we're here to help you. And, you know, that's what I love about the SDS family and being here in Houston and working for these guys because we have a group of people that can help us from project management, engineering, well site supervision. And I know Jeremy will get into his deal later, but I appreciate Jeremy being in Houston with us because he brings another element to the game. Because again, I'm in business development. Yes. Do I know a little bit about well drilling and all that? Absolutely. I'm not an engineer. Jeremy is. So that's what you know, felt I was compelled to come to SDS because, man, they have a great team. They're powerful. They know what they're doing and we're heading in the right direction. But like this with you, when you and I sit, Justin, and visit just at lunch or drinking coffee, we're talking about, hey, who's drilling where? What are y'all doing with y'all mud? Yeah. What, what are we doing with our people? And we have, we work in the same space. Mm-hmm. So again, I appreciate you being here and giving us an opportunity to visit and kind of share stories like this because it reminds me where I come from and why I get excited about what I do for a living. Yeah. And SDS, we we have fun and, and, you know, we have a great team and we had a good, good team of people. So I appreciate the time. No, that's a wonderful story. And and you can, and I'm sure the listeners can sense it. I mean, you are like uber passionate about what you do, which is, I think is probably a key reason as to why you're successful in what you do, but going through you know, not knowing what you really wanted to do in high school, going through the ranks, working your ass off. What would be for, for the listeners? Because a lot of the listeners right now are in their 20s, 30s. I mean, we've got some folks that are you know, upper management that do listen. But what would be your biggest word of advice, you know, going through several downturns? But but how does someone like yourself go from, you know, working up the ranks? I mean, what would be the biggest key of advice or, or lessons learned that you've gone through over the years that you can share with everybody. Yeah, no, that's a good, that's a good point. So listen, yeah, right. Look, when I got out of high school, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Again, education wasn't really that important. People just told you to go to school. So anyway, yeah, listen, and my mama dropped me when I was a baby. So I was very fortunate <laughs> to be here. So yeah, so, but you're right. It, you know, but uh, to, to answer that question about lessons learned, the bottom line is someone gave me an opportunity. It had really nothing to do with the education. Sure. Anyway, we can be doctors, lawyers, and all that. It's who's going to give you the opportunity to go do your work. So now as we get older, we understand that. So my lessons learned was always I worked hard. So I learned as much as I wanted to or could in the MWD directional world. And that put me in another space. Every About every five years, I was learning something else. And I met other people that <clears> said, Alan, man, you know, maybe you need to go talk to so-and-so. And again, I'd, I'd learn something there and I'd visit with clients. So through clients, through people like you sitting at this table, I've learned and I'm still learning about what I should do or what I shouldn't do. Mm-hmm. Even after almost 25 years in this business, I'm still learning, having lessons learned, kind of like what Jeremy and I talked about. He put me back on track. Again, I've had clients that have put me back on track saying, Alan, this is what I think y'all need to be doing on the personnel side. I think, you know, y'all would be better off doing this. So yeah, Justin, it's the last 25 years of my career has been very interesting, uplifting. Of course, we have no control over the downturns because we all sit in here and talk about it. We go to lunch and one day a barrel of oil is $62. The next day it's 52. It's a reactive business. Yeah. Right. 
It's a reactive business. So we're excited one day and depressed the other, but we have to stick together as a group mm-hmm. and do this kind of stuff. And remember that we do have friends in this business that could lift us back up and say, I hear you, man. I get it. I went through, hey, look, 86, I remember. 91, I remember. 2008, I remember. 2014, I remember. And these are the downturns right, of the industry that most of us in the last 25 years can remember. Yeah. So yeah, Justin, it's been a great career. I look forward to doing this hopefully another 20 years. SDS is in position. We have the right team to motivate and educate. And that's what I love about being here. Well, I mean, it sounds like you set a good precedence with regards to culture. And I would imagine if anyone that associates themselves and works with you enjoys the culture in itself. So no, I appreciate those words. So Jeremy, why don't you go ahead and t- tell us a little bit about how you know who you are, where you came from, and what you bring to the table with regards to SDS. Well, I'm originally from East Texas, a little small town called Joaquin. I grew up, my dad was a drilling superintendent for Devon Energy, started out in as Pennzoil. Joaquin's a real small town in the Piney Woods, north end of Toledo Bend Lake. There's three things you can do to make a living. You either raise chickens, cut timber, or get in the oil and gas business. That's right. My dad was in the oil and gas business, so I kind of followed in his footsteps. Uh, graduated high school in 93, went to college, played a little baseball. That's about all I did was play a little baseball. What <laughs> position did you play? I was an outfielder. Okay. So you're an Astros fan? or Huge Astros fan. Nice. Um, uh, hopefully they can get their team back together. They got <laughs> some injured wings. Yeah. They got killed last night, but they've been they've been playing some good baseball as depleted as they are. Yeah. No, hell yeah. They're doing great. So anyway, I was just curious. Yeah, I grew up We're going to win the World too. Series again. Yeah. Hell yeah. I agree. <laughs> 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 anyway, so I took a couple years off. Didn't really know what I wanted to do. Found out that Baker Hughes was hiring some mud engineers, and I told my dad. I met met him one day up there in Carthage, and we rode around and said, "I think I'm going to go see if I can apply and uh, be a mud engineer." And he said, "I tell you what," he said, "How long do you think it'd take you to get your engineering degree?" And I said, "I think I can do it in three years." You know, even though I had very little toward it. And he said, "Well, if you can do it in three years, I'll help you pay for it." So went back to college, got my degree in three and a half years. All right, man. and uh, got out USL. USL, and okay. it was USL when I was there. Go Cajuns! <laughs> but it was a pretty good. It was a really good experience for me going to South Louisiana, kind of getting out of my element in East Texas. You know, I'd never kind of been out of that protective bubble, so I got down there, learned a lot. Was it hard going out from like that comfort zone, that bubble to getting out? I it mean, was it was very difficult. I didn't know a single person there. There were a few guys I knew in the Pennzoil office, but they had all been moved to uh, Houston by that time. Mm-hmm. So I really didn't have anybody but myself to depend on. And, you know, it was tough going back to college. You know, after being out a couple of years, you know, you get out of that mode of study and Yep. I wasn't really in much of a study mode anyway when I was in, in junior college. So Amen. I had to learn how to study, how to teach myself. I struggled the first semester I was there, but pulled things together and ended up graduating. I worked uh, summers. I worked one summer for uh, Halliburton. Well, it was Bayroid, mm-hmm. but over in Shreveport. And then I worked another summer for Devon down in South Texas. So I got some good, good experiences there. And uh, fortunately, got offered a job from Gulf of Mexico group at uh, Devon and took that job and worked there till 2013. Worked in the Gulf of Mexico the first six or seven years of my career. I mean, 2007, Devon kind of started changing. We started getting away from Gulf of Mexico, deep water, and started kind of molding more into the land. At the time, the Hainesville was getting kicked off good. We had a lot of acreage up in the Arquitex. They needed some help. So 
moved me over into Southern Division in 2007. It was kind of a really unique situation and probably a situation not a lot. Maybe some people have been more, maybe in the oil field have been, have seen this situation a little more, but got the opportunity. My dad was still a superintendent and uh, he had been moved from the field in 2005 to the Houston office. So he and I were actually in the same office and worked in the same group the last seven years we were with Devin, which was a really unique experience yeah. to have the opportunity to work for work with my dad. Cause he was, you know, he's the biggest influence on me. I could talk about him for hours, but. But why don't you tell us, I mean, yeah, in a man. nutshell, man, what, yeah. what, how has he helped shape who you are today? Um, you know, I mean, everything, just the way he goes about his business, the way he's thought about in the industry. I mean, well, it's faith, you, everything. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you go to East Texas and, and say the, say the name Donnie Martin and you know, you're going to get a lot of, a lot of positive responses from yep. just about everybody. That's good. You know, I still run into people out that say, hey, you know, Donnie Martin, your dad. So, yeah, oh, man, that's a, one of the greatest guys I've ever met, you know. and That's huge. It's a nice it's a nice thing. And, you know, work ethic. My dad, you know, he grew up, he went to high school, got out of high school, worked at a chicken farm for a little mm-hmm. while. You know, that didn't that didn't work out, unfortunately. My granddad had a hatchery or had a had laying, laying houses, and there was a hatchery over in Tenahaw and when the hatchery went busted, he went busted. So mm-hmm. they didn't have anything left there. And and a guy got him on a drilling rig and he just worked his way up. And in 1981, he was working for, I believe he was working for Butler and Johnson at the time, mm-hmm. pushing tools. And back in those days in East Texas, they did a lot of footage work. Mm-hmm. So the rig was working on footage. You know, the company man may come out there. You know, he'd come out there when they log and run casing right. and stuff like that. And that was about it. Anyway, they had this company man that came around and, you know, just talking with him and said, you know, you've been handling this operation the whole time. And he was actually filling in for somebody else. Mm. And he was relief pushing. And he liked him and said, how would you like to go to work for Pennzoil? And he said, sounds pretty good. And, you know, he likes to, he likes to tell the story. He took a, he took like a $4,000 a year pay cut <laughs> to go to work for Pennzoil, but it worked out very well for him. Yes, it yeah. did. Sometimes you got to take a step back and That's move right. ahead, huh? He's always helped me and guided me in the right direction. Like Alan's saying, I mean, I come from a very strong Christian background. My parents always kept us in church. It was a big part of what we did, and it's still a big part of who we are. Right. And keeps us grounded, founded, and yep. on the right path. That's good. Amen. Amen. Man, that's yeah, awesome. That's good story, so yeah. that's, that's kind of me in a nutshell. In 2013, SDS, I mean, Devin closed their Houston office. I didn't want to go to Oklahoma City. My wife Certainly didn't want to go to Oklahoma City. Right. So uh, I took a package there and had the opportunity to contract for a year. I did some contract work through Scott. I've known Scott since I was uh, oh, baby. a baby. He actually was a tool pusher for Martex on, on I believe it was rig, I can't remember if it was rig 10 or rig 1. Mm-hmm. But anyway, my dad had rig 10 and rig 1 for oh, maybe 15 18 years oh, drill, drilling continuously in, in the Carthage area. So he and Scott had a relationship from those times and they, they worked with each other and worked very well together. And Scott started SDS and, uh, you know, one of the, one of the people he, he did contract work for was my dad. So I've just always known Scott through, through their work relationship. And yeah. he said, man, you know, I got some engineering work, you know, and I don't have any engineers. So I said, sure, I'll, I'll do it. And I was working from my house and, sitting in an office a couple of days a week for a group down here and I uh, did that for about a year. And then this opportunity came, came up that, you know, he wanted to kind of bring somebody in the office and, and kind of start looking at, you know, 
moving in a different direction. You know, at the time, SDS was primarily well site supervision. I mean, that's what we had. We had your own site drilling consultants. And that was we had that. We had five or six primary customers, and that was that was really that was really the whole of SDS. And uh, we we started talking about this project management thing, and uh, you know, looking at looking at all these small companies out here that don't need drilling staffs. Mm-hmm. You know, they can't they can't afford to staff up and pay a guy to drill two wells right. or four wells or six wells or whatever their whatever their deal is. So Scott visited with me about it. I said I'm I'm interested in doing that. He hired me, and at about three or four months later, he hired Dale Nace, who's our vice president of operations. Dale's Dale's a 20 year guy, you know, very similar, very similar to me, a similar background to to all of us. I mean, you know, he graduated high school, went to work on a drilling rig, and worked his way up. He's a hard worker, very smart guy, and you know, kind of put put us together, and and we started, you know, going out and really pursuing project management. And you know, I think the first first year we drilled seven or eight wells on project management. The next year we drilled. 12 wells on project management last year i think we drilled 22 and we've got uh, so 33 wells on the books this year yeah, that's awesome. uh, we've got continued growth i mean yeah if you're not growing you're that's dying right, right? So. and you know the consulting business is changing i mean just like just like what alan's talking about you know the well, well site supervision is just a small small part of it now you know other facets of the business are starting to see the the value in having 1099 contractors especially with the ups and downs that we face in the industry every day. I mean, just like he's saying, one day all sixty dollars, one day it's fifty dollars. You know, you got to lay off half your half your folks, and then you got to rehire them. You know, eight months later, and and you know, doing that constantly with employees just doesn't make a lot of sense. Right. So uh, we've diversified into some other areas. We focus more on completion, directional drilling consultants, you know, safety folks, lease yeah. operators. You know, we can pretty well get anybody you need, geo steers. That's a big one these days that uh, that we've kind of are trying to break into a little bit more. Okay. We have people uh, in the mud. <clears throat> we do. We have yeah. we have you know, we have some mud engineers as well. So that's you know, diversifying that has helped <coughs> SDS grow, you know, instead of just growing one one silo, you know, we've grown five or six silos. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I that's think important. it's uh, I think it's really helped us and and uh, giving us the ability to to reach out there and, and hire sales folks in Midland and hire sales folks in Oklahoma, hire sales folks in Houston. And, yeah. you know, like Alan was saying, we had no we had no presence, you know, in Houston. It's such a huge market here, you <laughs> yeah. know, seems and, seems odd. But, yeah. yeah, it's the nature. Well, I mean, sometimes. it's just it's kind of, you know, we were East Texas focused and that's that's where we were. And, you know, when the Hainesville started slowing down, that focus fell to the Eagleford. Well, a lot of the same a lot of the same folks that were working at Arklatex area were working the Eagleford area, so we had those contacts already. There was no need for us to right. to chase right. any yeah. business outside of that. Makes sense. So we go, we follow, we chase to the Eagleford. Then you know West Texas gets kicked off, and same kind of thing. A lot of those same folks moved into the Millen area, so we did the same thing. We chased it out there, and and then finally came back. I guess in Houston, you know, started to make more sense and we hired Alan and Alan brought on Ward, Carrie, 
something really we built a good team down here and and we're excited about you know what what the future holds yeah so. no it's exciting and it's interesting like you say with you kind of go where the people go and as long as you maintain you know i, I found especially in our business is maintaining strategic relationships with people because we're still it's you know everyone's talking about automation this and technology that but at the end of the day we we still do business face to face with folks that's right and so maintaining those relationships is extremely valuable and i think that's one thing for example my father-in-law engineer worked all over the world worked in kuwait here canada he was an engineer and he had an extremely solid skill set but where he lacked was networking Mm -hmm. and so he just let his performance speak for itself but when he went overseas right before he ended up getting let go over there and came back started working for xtran and then when the downturn hit he got laid off and if you look at his resume i mean you would you would be blown away with, with the fact that he still hasn't got a job and the biggest thing he told me is like everyone that you come in contact with, you know, you don't have time for everybody, but just make sure you network and keep in touch with folks, old, young, someone who's, you know, a tech one day is going to be in a position to make decisions one day. That's and so right. he said that that's one thing that he has missed out on in his career is networking. And so he's still he's driving a truck for FedEx now. And the guy's probably made well into the six figures and then some throughout his career. But like you said, talking about people, I think that's one thing that's extremely valuable. So, and that's that's you know kind of what Alan touched on it earlier, and that's kind of what what we were talking about, you know, with the business changing and everything. And I mean, Ward and I were talking about it yesterday. I mean, you go into an office and you're calling on this drilling engineer, and he they may not be able to help you now, but five years from now, he may be in a position. And sitting on the other side of the desk, as that's I right. did, yeah. I remember. Yeah, I remember those guys that called on me when things weren't. You know, or when I was just a, a peon engineer, mm-hmm. you know, there were a handful of guys that called on me. Yeah. And I remember those guys. Yeah. And since I've gotten into a little bit more influential positions, you know, I've gone back to those guys and given those guys work because of that relationship. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it is it is about the relationships. And and most people in this business are at their foundation. Good, good people. Mm-hmm. And they're going to they're going to treat you right. And so that's. You know, that's another thing that I love about the business. I think for the most part, it's a fair business. Yeah. And you're not going to run into that everywhere you go. Right. I agree. Yeah, no, that's true. Well, before we move on to the next gentleman here, I wanted to take a quick break. If you'd like to support the show, please subscribe and do me a huge favor. Take a few minutes and leave a review on whatever platform you're listening to. Any feedback is welcome and appreciated, good or bad. Also, if you feel like you have a great story, idea for a show, or just any questions related to any of the podcasts, hit me up on LinkedIn. I'd be happy to chat with you. I've had a few folks that, you know, mud engineers, chemical engineers getting out of school hit me up and just, you know, thank me for all the information that uh, the free information that that provided on the platform. So uh, keep the conversations coming. I love it. And I wanted to mention something about our street team. We're excited to launch the OGGN street team and are currently looking for more members to join the OGGN family. So what's the OGGN street team? So our goal is actually to engage our community through social media and provide value to all of you who help us do that. So we started the street team as a way to gain a larger reach on social media. We want to bring community written content to our platforms by having you write the content. We're excited about how this will help cultivate our community and give us a sense of community led content. You're probably wondering, well, hell, what's in it for me? So to show our appreciation, you'll receive a few of the offering perks Things like receiving press passes to oil field events, free entry to our monthly happy hours, OGGN swag, the ability to promote our own content, 
And the only thing we ask for is an hour of volunteer work per week and sharing a couple podcasts on your social media channels. So anyway, Alan and everyone here, I appreciate your time. I did have a couple questions for you, Alan, or anyone else who wants to answer it, but what's your biggest limiter right now to growth and how do you guys work in such a volatile market right now? I mean, is there anything that you guys are doing specific because I know everyone's kind of in that same boat. Is, is there anything you don't want to touch on? Yeah, I'll, I'll say something. And I'd like Jeremy to close out with it because he, he knows our business very well. But no, that's a good question about, you know, where we stand in 2019 in this industry. As far as the consulting business goes, look, highly competitive. Our margins aren't what they used to be. Every downturn, I don't care if you work at AES or SDS or whoever, the, the clients are now asking us to be better at what we do mm-hmm. and asking us to do it for a lot less. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I find that to be the most challenging in 2019. And again, we, you know, SDS, we, we, you know, we're a small company, but we have to be profitable to keep the doors open. And so again, what we're doing is we're trying to get out there and, and visit with as much clients as possible, like Jeremy coming into Houston and helping us close that gap between engineering, project management, and consulting. So I find that that's what we need to do to close the gap on our competition. It's meaning let them know we can drill in South Texas, East Texas, West Texas. We can drill in the Utica. We can go to Alaska. We are in the Gulf of Mexico. So we have a broad range, but we have to continue to educate and Mm -hmm. motivate our clients on what we're doing every day Mm -hmm. because we are the best at what we do. Awesome. No, that's a great answer. Anyone else care to supplement on that? I mean, I think, you know, the market is, is very volatile. So you've got a lot of ups and downs, but you know, I think the biggest, the biggest challenge we have as a, as a group is, you know, there's 995 rigs running in, in right now. And we can drill as many wells with 995 rigs as we did with 1800 rigs two years ago. Yeah. Efficiency is driven. Huge, huge thing. So, you know, we're, we're, we're not drilling ourselves out of a job, but we're, we're drilling ourselves down to a smaller, smaller market as far as your well site supervision and things like that are concerned. Does that, does that help the talent pool? It helps the talent pool tremendously. You know, your quality hands, your quality hands stay, stay, you know, your quality hands are the guys that stay working. And then, a lot of the a lot of the guys that may not have the experience they need or may be on that lower tier kind of get weeded out and you know mm-hmm. because your rig your rig increases are smaller in in the next boom you know those guys may not necessarily get good get point. picked up but you know the other challenge or, or the flip side of that is you know we've got an aging uh, very aging industry you know you've got a lot a lot of people that are that are in their in their mid to upper 50s and that that generation, so to speak, is is kind of going going out, and you've got a new generation. And unfortunately, you know, I'm 44 years old. There's there's not a lot of mid 40s guys in the industry. They, you know, we grew up those those that were in the oil and gas business grew up in some crunch times in the early yep. 80s, and then you know also a lot of a lot of people <laughs> because of the swings suggest you know don't get into this That's business. Right. So we've had a we had a pretty good gap there where very few people went went into the industry. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think I think we're we're in a position to where a lot of our high quality tiered folks are going to start getting seeing their way out. And you know, it's important for us to get this younger group 
in here and get them trained. Mm -hmm. Because if we don't, then all these efficiencies that we've gained, we're going to give it all back. Yeah. And that time's uh, going to come sooner than we think. And I right. mean, if you're not preparing for the f the future, which is the, the younger generation coming up, it's a recipe for disaster, right? So uh, I can appreciate that. Look, before we close up, I got a couple of announcements. It's time for our sponsor giveaway. Tendek has given away a mini portable projector, perfect for home theater, boardroom, office, and pocket video. For a chance to win, click the link in the show notes and we'll announce the lucky winners as they come in. I'd like to take a moment for Julie to tell us about some upcoming events. Hey, it's Julie here, and I have a few OGGN announcements before heading into the events on deck. Street team, we are still taking volunteers for our street team. We're only asking for an hour of your time per week in exchange for perks such as free entry to our happy hours, shirts, networking with other young professionals in our group. The group is within Facebook, but you do not have to have a Facebook to join. Just send me an email. The link will be in the show notes, and I can get you started. Our happy hours. We are actually moving to quarterly happy hours rather than monthly. So our next Houston happy hour, as well as Midland, will be in August or September. Be on the lookout for that date. You'll get an invite if you're on the list. If not, you can sign up on the list below. And then we are launching another happy hour in Denver in August. So if you're interested in that one, the link is in the show notes as well to be notified. We don't have a date or details for that yet, but they're coming up. Okay, now on to the events on deck. We have Golf for Good on June 11th, 2019 in Houston, Texas. All proceeds go to help Redeemed Ministries with our long-term recovery program and safe house to help victims of human trafficking become survivors. So mark your calendars and be ready to golf for good with Redeemed and our organizers, Global SEM Energy and Red M. For more information on how to sponsor or register, just click the link in the show notes. Data-Driven Drilling and Production Conference is June 11th through 12th in Houston, Texas. This is where Silicon Valley meets oil and gas. Register at the link in our show notes below. The Energy and Data Conference is June 17th through 19th in Austin, Texas. This forward-looking conference will include the latest in digital transformation trends as they relate to the energy sectors with topics such as machine learning and data management storage, oil and gas development and drilling production, and more. Link down below. Energy Exposition is June 26th through 27th in Gillette, Wyoming. The Energy Exposition is for those who would like to know more about procedures, technology, safety, environmental practices, and equipment used in the oil and gas industry. And again, the link is in our show notes. Argentina Oil and Gas and Energy Summit 2019 is on July 10th and 11th in Buenos Aires. This summit's actually the first and only official event for the Argentinian oil and gas and energy industries. It will present a unique platform for networking that will bring together existing and future operators in the oil and gas industry in Argentina and Latin America. Next up is the 2019 IPANM annual meeting that Mark, Jake, and Paige will actually be speaking at. This will be July 24th through 26th in Albuquerque, New Mexico. 
And this year's theme is addressing operator needs in 2019. And next up is Desk and Derek Fort Worth second annual shoot for the future clay shoot. This clay shoot will be on July 26th in Decatur, Texas. And then last but not least, Summer Nape. This is going to be August 21st and 22nd to where the deals happen. Thanks, Julie. Also want to mention the OKC Fin, Feather, and Fur, which will be happening Friday, October 11th at the Heritage Place in Oklahoma City. I know we're pretty far away from that, but a good friend of mine, Courtney Strang, she used to work at BP. She's now at Inwell. She's helping put that on. If you want to reach out to her or like I can link you guys up if you're interested in that, uh, sponsoring anything, just let me know. And anyone out there in the Houston area interested in playing some oil field hockey, come join the Hack and Whack crew for some old-timer hockey. We do it every three weeks at Memorial City Mall Ice Rink. Hit me up on LinkedIn for more details. If you're looking to get in shape for summer, visit KTX Fit in Katy, Texas, and get a free trial by telling one of the coaches that I sent you. Gentlemen, I appreciate your time. What's the best way for people to reach out to you if they have questions or looking at yeah. getting you guys on board? No, thank you. Yeah, no, I can be reached at 713-306-9942 are A Renfro at SDS Petroleum Consultants with an S dot com. Okay. Here in Houston. Thanks. Perfect. I'll put your email in the show notes and that way if people want to reach out, they can click that and go from there. No, so, thank you. Appreciate that. Perfect. Too. Well uh, again, thanks for joining me to, today. And always remember when the density's up and the gas is down, open the choke. Let's go to town. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was good. Tune in next week for another captivating episode of Tendeka's Oil & Gas Onshore Podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at oilandgasglobalnetwork.com. 